Welcome back, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm your host, Evangelist Wanda Clay, along with co-host, Brother Plum. And we're happy to once again to bring you God's Sacred Word Bible Study, where we're sharing the gospel about Jesus Christ, trying to lead a soul to God. Before we get into our Bible study, Mr. Plum is going to uh, lead us in a word of prayer. Almost holy and gracious, Father, truly we just thank you for life, thank you for health. We thank you for watching over the slept and slumber the last day and then such a life for this day. We thank you, dear God, for all the benefits that you so graciously among us freely each and every day. And as I said, these are new each and every day. And we just thank you, Father. We just ask that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to work through us this morning, that we can hear your truths and just let your word be known throughout the world. And we just thank you, Father, for a reasonable portion of health and strength, and we just ask for that mighty touch of healing for all those that are healing out there. And we just ask, Father, that you can do what only you can do in our lives, to be our Lord and our Savior. This time we continue to thank you for this opportunity to present your precious word, and we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' precious name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And as always, we thank God for this opportunity, along with thanking Beverly Beaver and our minister, Joel Lewis, for allowing us to be on the air. We want to invite you to join God's Sacred Word on Facebook at Pete First. There you may join our group online and participate in our questions, answers, and comments and see other unique things on our Bible study page. So now let's get into our Bible study coming from Acts chapters 10 through 18. I'll discuss the first part, and Brother Tom will discuss the second part of Acts chapters for you today is what happens between chapters 10 through 18. Now, it's believed that Luke wrote the book of Acts with the recording of Peter in Acts in uh, chapters 1 through 12, and Paul in chapters 13 to 28. He was uh, Paul's close friend. He was his traveling companion, and he was also his personal doctor. This book could have been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, since it was the Holy Spirit who directed, controlled, and empowered ministry that strengthened the church and caused the church to grow in numbers. It also caused the church to grow in spiritual power, and the church had influence. So through these acts of these holy, through the Holy Spirit, these courageous evangelists were converting non-believers of Christ into Christians because many of them were worshiping handmade idols and pagan gods. And as you know, in Exodus 20, 1 through 8, in the Ten Commandment laws, God said, you should have no other God before him, nor should you make images of him, and that he's a jealous God. 
and no one should come before it. So after Jesus did, they began uh, traveling across the country. There's Cyrus, uh, Jerusalem, Paris, Samaria, Thessalonia, Macedonia, Syria, and that's just the name of through of the places that they went back. And they also backtracked where they came from first, uh, checking on them to make sure that they were all right and going and coming who gave up his life on the cross for us. And it says that in the Bible, that while on their journey, they taught in and out of uh, synagogues. And they taught by word of mouth to individuals, and they talked to families. They laid hands um, on people while praying for them, and the Holy Ghost would fall on them. And when it did, he encouraged the people to get baptized with the water to be completely reborn again because we must be baptized with the water and the Holy Spirit. They go together. You can't have one without the other to enter heaven and to be reborn again. Many were converted into Christianity. From back then and today, we see Christians all around the world being converted into Christianity, and some Christians are being persecuted for it. So they're traveling on this not-so-easy journey and sometimes running into difficulties, even from the Jews. Uh, Some of them were killed, some of them were put in prison, some were denied, and some were even stoned. Now, I don't know if you recall in the Bible, only they rejected him. So it was with the evangelists. Just as they sought to kill Jesus, so they did with Jesus' disciples who were evangelizing. And this is the reason uh, Jesus equipped them with the Holy Spirit to guide them, protect them, and to teach each one of them while they were on their journey. Let me give you some examples of the Holy Spirit leading, teaching, and uh, guiding them while they were on their journey. In Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, who was a God-fearing man, and tells him to send for Peter, God gives Peter, a Jewish man, a vision which Peter didn't understand at first. He knew Jesus was the last sacrifice. And an angel told Peter to go to Cornelius. And Peter comes and speaks to Cornelius, his family, and his company that uh, Cornelius had in his house. And the Holy Spirit follows them all, all of them, as uh, Peter is speaking to them with the water also in Jesus' name to make their baptism complete. Because as I said before, you have to have baptism of the water and the Holy Spirit. Another example of the Holy Spirit working here. Now, Cornelius was the first Gentile to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter realized the vision that he saw that he didn't understand at first, 
was to baptize all people. That it wasn't just for the Jews anymore. So God opened the doors to everybody treating bad. There was a hit out on Jesus. Jesus did his time here and went home in his rightful position. Now, in chapter 11, 19-21, he talks about the Holy Spirit that lives in the um, element. And those who came to him to hear him talk about the word of God and of Jesus, they were filled with the Holy Ghost also. There were many people. I mean, multitudes of people who got reborn again because they came to the Gentiles. Then there was Hero the the King, who was a shady kind of guy. He first set out harassing people in church, and then he killed the Apostle John, or James, I'm sorry, with a sword. Then he went after Peter and arrested him. And while Peter was in prison, an angel appeared to Peter, hit him inside and told him to stand up and uh, fell off. And then the angel told Peter to follow him. So Peter's following this angel, probably scared, but the angel leads Peter through the guard gate and he leads him out into the city. And then the angel disappears. This is why Jesus told his disciples that he would need the Holy Spirit. And as far as Harold, he gave this big speech uh, one day, and all the people started praising him and calling him God. And uh, he was accepting this as though he was a God. And immediately God's angels struck him, and the worms ate him and killed him. The Holy Spirit. Working again. So Peter goes to Mary's house, which is Mark's mother. He stays there a while, and then he's back evangelizing again, converting people to Christ. He goes the other way, away from Herod. And in the meantime, uh, Barnabas, Paul, and Mark return to Jerusalem. Barnabas and Paul are in the synagogue with many prophets and teachers, and the Holy Spirit spoke to them and divided them. And um, they were all in their fasting and praying. So when they finished fasting and praying, then they left, and they went on and started evangelizing again. And they went on their way, and they met a sufferer who was turning people uh, from being converted into Jesus Christ. So Peter prayed on him, and immediately he was blind. And this made a believer out of the Pope Council who saw it, the Spirit working through the evangelist. On another missionary journey trip in Chapter 14, uh, the non-believers didn't think of Jews. I'm sorry, the non-believers didn't think of Greek, which is a Gentile, to be one of God's chosen people. And it's written in 14, 1 through 7. So the Jews played the Gentiles against the apostles. 
So the apostles left, kept on their journey, kept spreading the gospel of Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And in the same town, they stoned Paul and drug him out, in the, out of the city and left him for dead. And then when they left him out there, the disciples came and they stood around him. And Paul got up, went back into the city, and the next day he left with Barnabas uh, going to debris. And they backtracked to the places they had came. And what they were doing was strengthening the disciples and the converts there. Before we hear from Mr. Plum, don't forget to check out our website on Facebook at Peace. Now, the big next voice you hear will be Mr. Plum, who will tell you the rest of the Bible story. Here again in Chapter 15 of Acts, we have the Council of Jerusalem. There was great dissension among the, where it say, the converts and the Jews, as they say. They always said certain things had to be done, as a matter of fact. And certain men which came down from Judea, talked the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the matter of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When, therefore, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this matter. Here again, they were trying to resolve the situation because they said they had put certain stipulations before the Gentiles that they had to do this, that, and the other. But as I said, that was not necessarily the case. But anyway, they wanted to prove the point by going to Jerusalem and settling the matter. Saying being brought up their way by the church, they passed through Venetia, Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles as they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done for them. Here again, it was just equalizing the table. The ground is always level at the cross. All of us are one at the cross. They say, we come to him and go. But I say, this dissension was brought to the head in Jerusalem when they, whereas they received counsel of that, as it says, the Jerusalem council. And it was said that uh, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice, made the choice among us that the Gentiles by the mouth of our, what is it, by the mouth by my mouth, should hear the word of, of the gospel and believe. And as I say, with that, he specified, and God, which knoweth the heart, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto me. Here again, it was just declaring that this was what required. And said, rather than going through all the other Jewish laws that they had, it said that the Gentiles were only required to do what it says. It says, but that we write unto them 
that they abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. You see, we know that life is in the blood, and they say that as a consequence, they are not to be brought under these restraints because they said, for Moses in the old times had in every city them that preached him being read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. Then pleased it the apostles, the elders, and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, named for Sabbath, and Silas, chief among the brethren. Here again, Jews had a principle that said, you have to have two or more witnesses to specify a truth. And they said, with these, you know, these men went along, along with the letter that had written down so that there were no discrepancy as to what they wanted to know and wanted clarified. And I said, with this, they got their proof. They got, you know, what was required of them. It was the same, same thing for Jews and Gentiles. As they say, you, you had to come through the knowledge of Christ. And they said, all these other burdens, as it were, put on them was not necessarily the case. And said, I said, why were we going to put on them more rules than even we choose to obey? And they said, it's not, uh, as I said before, the ground is level at the cross. And we all have that same, we have that same obligation for Jesus Christ. This that we do. And as I said, Paul, from this point, you know, they went on many missionary journeys and they just continued to spread the word and said they went all over the territories, but emphasizing Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Lord and Savior. And this is basically what we do. And it said, as, con- or it said, as converts, so as believers in Christ, we are to share the word. As a matter of fact, we have a fountain overflowing. And with that overflow, we are to share God's word. That's what evangelism is about, to share that overflow. And I said, because of the love that God manifests in our heart, we are able to share with any and everybody the living word. And we said, truly, God is that Messiah. He is our Lord and our Savior. And as I said, going on, as I said, we talk about, you know, the keeper of prison in con- and is converted here again. Paul and Silas are in prison is again, as you say, as evangelists, we were, I mean, they were often in prison for preaching or sharing the word of Christ. And as you say, in this particular instance, Paul and Silas were thrown in jail for, as they say, sharing the word of God. But as you say, during that time, as you say, they were praying and singing at midnight, folks. And I said, it's just an amazing thing. How is you going to be in prison and singing and being joyful? But here again, it's because of the heart thing. Your heart is on Jesus Christ, and you know that he is truly a deliverer. And he delivers us from all hurt, harm, and danger. But as I said, he will ensure that his disciples will not be harmed. Because I say, we have that arm of protection or that wing of protection that keeps us Keeps us safe, bottom line. And it said, we do whatever it takes to stay in the will of God. And as it said, as he, 
as they were liberated from prison, as you say, prison guard was about to kill himself when uh, he thought that uh, the prisoners had escaped because the the cuffs were off of them, the doors were open, and because of that tremendous quake, you know, he just thought that they were free. But truly, they were free, but not out of the prison because they say that was something that was amazing to them. They were not able to understand what was going on. But either way, Paul and Silas knew what was, I say, what was up. So as a consequence, the jail people said, hey, what must I do to be saved? That was an eye-opening experience for him. He'd never witnessed such a thing. But as I say, Paul and Silas just immediately told him, I said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, you and your family. And as I say, the jail took him home, cleaning up. I'm going to say cleaning up, or as I say, washed him and tended his wounds and all the other ills that he had. But as I say, the jailer was, as I say, his eyes were open and they were willing to accept. He was, and his family were willing to accept the praising of Almighty God. And as I say, that's always a tremendous blessing when you experience that transformation. I said, only God can transform us, folks. God formed us, sin deformed us, but only Christ can transform. You're, you're changed. You, those things you used to do, you don't do anymore. And you are brought back to the right way. You played on the right road, which the Holy Spirit enlightens your way. It enlightens your path, allows you to go down the right way at the right time and to do those things that are right. But as I say, in Paul's missionary journey, as I say, he just revisited some of the territories that, uh, I mean, some of the territories in which he established their churches, and some he didn't. But as I say, he was just strengthening the parishioners there or strengthening the, the patrons in the area in which he attended. And I say one of the unique areas that, you know, he went back to was Berea. So these were scripture studying people, as I say, and they searched the Bible daily to assure that what was being said was the truth. And as I say, it's not the idea that they didn't believe him, but he had to have that proof. And they, as I say, searched the Bible daily. Said these were the nobles. Hebrews were truly noble, more noble than Thessalonians. And and that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures daily, whether they, whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and of also the honorable women, which were Greeks, uh, and of men, not a Jews. But here again, it's just that all inclusiveness that God's word is for each and every one of us and I said it's wide open for you that you have to receive the word for yourself as I said before God doesn't have any grandkids all of us are first generation when you decide to come to Christ it's your choice the preparations have been made for you all you have to do is believe in thus saith the Lord and when he calls upon you he has Open hands, he just wants you to come to him, that he is truly our maker and our creator, folks. He knows the hearts. I said, you can lie 
from the verbal sense. You can say all kinds of things, but he knows your heart, and you cannot lie to God. And as I say, you go back to the old story of Ananias and Sapphira. See, that's, uh, just think about it. If he were to kill us for every lie that we told today, how many of us would be around? None of us. All of us. We lie constantly. But as you say, in this day and time, but we are forgiven because God knows the heart. He knows the beginning from the end. From the moment you're born, you are dying. When that is to happen. But that's why we are to stay in tune to God so that we can know that we're going to heaven because we trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When he told his father, it is finished, everything that was required to bring sinful man back to a holy God was done. Not something partially done, but fully done. And as a consequence, we can be assured that when we die, we're going to heaven. And that's a, that's a peaceful thought, that's a restful thought, and that's an assured thought. We know where we're going. We don't have to guess, hope, or wonder what's going to happen after we die. But as I say, it's not. It's a blessing for to be in tune to our holy God, and we just thank you for it, and we love you for it. And we just want to say, let's stay in tune to our mighty God, because as I said, he is our creator. He is our redeemer. And I said, in that vein, We want to thank you for your time this morning, and we will continue with Chapter 18. What well, I said next week, but we said right now we are. Thank you for your time. We thank you for your effort, and just keep reading. Be as the Bereans do. Let's stay in the Word. Oh my gracious Father, truly, we just thank you for this time, and we just ask that you just continue to open the hearts and mind of all of these, our listeners, dear God, so that we can share your truths and just let your will be done in our lives. And we know, dear God, that death and trials and tribulations are forever around us, but we just ask that you would just continue to lighten our path. And we just walk in that path and just continue to be your servant, dear God. We're here to serve, not to be served. And we just ask for that strength, that Holy Spirit, to enlighten us, to encourage us to be what it is that you call us to be, your servant in this world, and know that we are truly the body of Christ in the visible form. You're not here, but the Holy Spirit is indwelled within each and every one of us and allows us to do what's required of us, and we just lead in our lives, and we just ask that you just touch the hearts of those that are listening this morning that we can have your blessing upon us. And we just thank you for each and every bountiful blessing which you dispense freshly each and every day and just allow us to walk in the path that you would have us to walk. In Jesus' precious name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Bye.